Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. This time, Pardes is bringing Pesach to you. Let's dive in. Hi, this is Rachel Berkovitz coming to you from Jerusalem. This is Unit 15 and the last one where we've learned through the first two chapters of Mishnah Sachim. We completed the chapter yesterday where we learned all the Mishnayot, and now we need to take a step back and think about the themes that we're seeing in this chapter. In the first chapter, we discussed how the mitzvah of chametz stood on its own, and it reflected both the positive and negative sides of, of human ingenuity, human creativity, right? That, the, that human beings build the world, they build buildings, they build homes, they take the natural uh, resources that exist in the world in um, the grains and fruits that God gave us and turn them into incredible things like bread and wine. And we saw how that the two sides of that are have positives and negatives and that the mitzvah of chametz was helping us keep that human hubris in check to appreciate it, but to understand its source of the divine. And I think in this chapter, we see a similar phenomenon happening, but coming at it from a different angle. Another motivator of human creativity is human desire. And the desire human beings have to own things in this world, to enjoy this world, and to benefit from this world, right? That issue of Hana'a, which is a main theme in our chapter, and the fact of the link between eating and enjoyment is so essential, I think, at the core of, of what human nature is all about. And we find out is essential at the core of what this commandment to refrain from chametz is about. We also are required to refrain from enjoying chametz and from getting enjoyment from chametz, which in some ways is antithetical to human nature to a certain extent. And we see uh, throughout this chapter numerous examples of how human beings love to enjoy this world and the things that they do and the ingenious ways they create things that are enjoyable for their bodies and for themselves right? It Obviously, there was food. <laughs> and it wasn't just taking natural resources and turning it into bread or turning it into wine. Human beings do all sorts of things with food. They pickle them and they cook them and they dry them to make the taste better and better. And they have recipes where they make side dishes and things you can dip and things you can base. And, and I put all sorts of ingredients together to create certain um, tastes. Right. And, and so the, the whole world of cooking and eating and the desire to eat is a big motivator. Right. And I mean, let's go back to the basics. There is wild grains and wild lettuces and human beings domesticated them and made all different types of grains that you can make bread out of and different types of lettuces that you can make salads out of it before I started pickling them and drying them. Right. And um, I also want my body to feel good. So besides feeding it, I heat uh, I heat it. I heat up water. And I don't only heat up water, I create bathhouses that I can bathe in it. And I exfoliate uh, my skin to make it be softer. And when I have a wound, I want to heal that. I want to soothe it and make it feel and make it hurt me less. Right. And so I do all sorts of things to my to my body to, to really gain enjoyment. Besides that, I have possessions. I own things. I have my own chametz. I have my own animals. I sell things and I buy things. And I have professions like the the baker does to to 
use my talents for creating some of these things that people enjoy because other people are going to buy them because they want to enjoy them too. Um, and so I buy and sell and I get money so I can buy more things and do more things that I'm going to enjoy in this world. And then I feed my animals so I have even more food. And, and human beings are motivated by this desire for enjoyment and benefit of all things around them and everything that they do. And what is interesting about this motivator for human creativity, which is exemplified in the chametz itself, right? That's the pinnacle of human creativity, the capability of making bread. What is the source of, of making bread? Where did human beings know that they were going to bring forth bread from the land? Right? It actually came as a curse, is one of the curses at the end of the creation story that we're, we're going to have to work hard to do all this creativity. But why are we going to have to work hard? Because interestingly enough, in the creation story, if we go back to creation, right, we, we talked about the, the different heads of the years and the beginnings of creations of a nation. And we saw some hints in the first chapter that mirrored the creation story in Breshit. And I think in this chapter, we see it even more, right, is that Adam Harishon had desire, wanted to enjoy wanted to eat something that they weren't supposed to eat. The fruit of the eight tadat and that ta'ava, that desire for enjoyment to eat something that they wanted caused them to transgress and eat when they weren't supposed to, right? And we have examples here, right? I, I have to stop eating the chametz and I'm stop enjoying. And we have examples of someone who ate chametz on Pesach, right? He even ate truma on Pesach by accident on purpose, I assume, because he was motivated of really wanting to taste that yummy thing. And so... The original sort of transgression of human beings was was linked to a, a prohibition on eating and that human desire caused them to transgress that prohibition. And they they tried to eat something and, and did eat something they weren't supposed to. What resulted from eating from the etzadat, right, is is a certain level of knowledge that turned us into human beings. Right. And um, this chapter is filled with knowledge, human knowledge and human discernment which comes from the outgrowth of desire, which I think in the creation story, although this is told as sort of a curse, I think it's creating human beings for what they are, right? And is a positive outgrowth that we have this dot. And we see this reflected in many examples in our, in our chapter, right? It was presented to us with the Shogeg and the Maisid in the, in the eating something that they weren't supposed to, that truma that they weren't supposed to, right? That was a mission I didn't get, but maybe that's the linchpin. They ate something that they weren't supposed to. And in that mission, we learned about Shogeg and Mezid on purpose and by accident and the, and the capability of human um, intention and the intention sometimes to do something wrong. And throughout the whole chapter, we see human intention. Am I going to repay the loan? Am I going to not repay the loan? I want to borrow from you, not borrow from you. I separate tithes. I don't separate tithes. I redeem, I redeem the tithes for money so I can use it for something else. Am I baking something with the intention of selling it or am I baking it something for the intention of my own use as a korban, right? Just even the intention of creating a recipe and thickening something and adding flour to it or joining together a kazayat of different types of, of lettuces and my intention of using waste products in a certain way and, and, and making it into a, into a mush, Right. And even my intention with a viewpoint of halakha, we had Rabbi Yossi and we had a disagreements here. Sorry, Rabbi Mayer saying things are usher. Right. The whole chapter is is about uh, is about human intentionality, human, the human mind and, and kavanah, which is, is an outgrowth of that human desire. And the, in, in some ways, the transgression that happened in Ghanedid. 
I don't know if this is a little bit too drashy, but I'll mention it in, in Tracte Brachot, there's a discussion of like, what kind of tree was the Eitz Hadat? And certain people identify it with um, chita, right? Not the apple, but she ate wheat. That wheat is this moment that is linked to human consciousness and they link it to the development of, of the human baby. Human baby first succeeds on, on milk from its mother, it nurses. And at a certain age where it reaches a level of certain cognizance, where it can reach outside itself beyond the mother, then it starts eating solid food. And one of the first solid foods isn't Cheerios, but which maybe is made with glutinous things, but is wheat, is, is bread. Um, and that like awakening of the human consciousness, both in the way that human beings develop from baby towards toddlerhood and, and solid food, and this idea of food linked with consciousness, and in Galeiden is linked is is linked to wheat, and um, and so here once again we have a similar idea that we saw in the first chapter, right? That um, that chametz is a representation of of human hubris. Right. And that humorous leads me to have desires and to reach out for things in the world and gain possessions. And those things can be very, very positive. It creates lots of things that are great in the world. And I and I want to enjoy the world. I want to enjoy the world. Right. And maybe I I'm going to rethink about the Korban Toda versus the Korban Nazir. Right. The Toda, which is this excess of food that I have so much much and I have to eat in a Suda with other people. Um, right. There's so the, the rabbis say there's so much bread there and you have to eat it only in one day. Right. There's a limit that you have to invite other people to your feast. Right. Which is another similarity to the Korban Pesach that I have to eat in a feast there uh, with other people. Right there. I'm eating chametz and, and, and it's, it's a celebration of, of human life and enjoyment and being alive. Right. The, the Korban Nazir is the exact opposite. It's the extreme of the human who is aesthetic and, 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 and dedicates themselves to the divine and refrains from all those pleasures, many of the pleasures of human beings, ultimate one being wine. So so what is what is this mitzvah of chametz all about? I think it's trying, as we said before, trying to create some type of balance of acknowledging that the positive what human hubris can bring and human creativity can bring, but the negative side of that desire, which could cause you to transgress, could cause you to do things even on purpose that you're not supposed to do, like in Gan Eden. And on Pesach, we're trying to create a fine balance by, by one week, by one week um, of the year, refraining from this chametz, not only from eating it, but but acknowledging that I'm supposed to refrain from getting hanav from it, that I'm not supposed to enjoy this aspect of human hubris, this aspect of human creativity, is supposed to, I think, create a balance for me for the rest of the year, to rein it in. Human desire is good, but don't let it take over. Don't let it cause lead you to transgression. Don't let it lead you to self-worship, right? And we saw the opinion of the chachamin, that part of the way I destroy the chametz is linked to how I destroy Avodah Zarah. Right. Don't let it be that I'm now worshiping myself and not acknowledging that all these sources of all this pleasure in the world ultimately stems from the divine. And what's so beautiful, as we saw in the ending Mishnah of the first chapter, where it says that the two were like one and, and talked about the partnership and the, the and the unification between God's creativity and humans creativity in the world and in Torah. Here, the ending Mishnah also gives us a theme, I think, that that helps us with this. Right, this theme of balance we saw in the last two Mishnayot of of making sure that on the one hand I still can enjoy this world. It's okay, right? Specifically on Pesach, it's okay. I you can exfoliate, you can go to the bathhouse, you can make your recipe, but hold back a little. 
Make sure you don't transgress. Do it in a way that doesn't let your desire overcome you because you're making sure you're not keeping the mitzvah of chametz. And maybe that that argument that Rebbe Mayer has that is really bringing you to the borderline. I, I put the kemach in, I'm going to eat it right away because I really, really, really want to eat it. Is is too close of a line of maybe going over of letting my human desire be too much. And Rebbe Mayer says, no, step back. That's a sore. There's got to be a space. You gotta keep that desire in check in some ways. And 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 that should be for the whole year. But but the chametz is a representation of that, that experience of how we refrain from eating chametz and refrain from enjoying chametz teaches us this le- this lesson of balance, of finding the in-between, of of appreciating human desire and human desire to enjoy this world and, and, and the creativity that we have to do that. But to hold back a little, to not let us overcome it, to not let us be something that we worship where we have self-worship. And I'll say just one last idea of the comparison between the Korban Toda and the Korban Pesach. And obviously there was hints about the Korban Pesach here. I said that the Korban Toda, right, is I have so much bread and I'm so joyous about being in this world and I want to celebrate this redemption that I had, the saving of my life. I have to have a communal meal. Right. And the similarity to the Corbin Pesach is, is we said the similarities that it's it's meat and bread together. It's eaten as a communal meal. And it, both of them have the side of Koche Koroshim that you only have one night to eat it. So therefore, I need to invite people with me so I don't have leftovers and I don't go past the time. But the difference is, is that the Corbin Pesach and it's also a type of Corbin Toda. We as a nation are saying thank you for saving our lives. Thank you for taking us out of Mitzrayim. Thank you for unifying us as Kol Ha'am. Right. And we we do it in a communal festival, in a communal feast. But at that feast, we still refrain. Right. In that moment of of becoming a nation, of having our own land, of having we're building an entire society of houses and, and food and recipes. Right. We as a group refrain from eating chametz with that meal, as opposed to the the Korban Toda, which I think is really about living life and, and expressing what it means to be a human in all its in all its enjoyment and all its extravagance. And that's why it's one of the few korbanot that you eat chametz. The korban pesach is the flip of that. It's the national korban toda. It's the national creation of who we are. But in that communal celebration, we are making a statement as a people that we hold back, that we find this balance, that we don't have chametz, and that we acknowledge that this human creativity and this motivator of desire that we have, that the source is the divine who redeemed us from Egypt and who plays God will bring future redemptions. Everyone should have a Chag Kasher V'Sameach and a meaningful experience of refraining from eating and enjoying Chametz this Pesach. Thank you to our Pardes faculty. And a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning. And visit www.pardace.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardace.